The music is provided by Calvary Quartet. You can have more of their music at calvaryquartet.com or log on to our website at gospelbaptistchurch.com. Bible, Ezekiel, Ezekiel, Isaiah, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, major prophet, and Daniel, of course, after him, major prophet, Ezekiel is a, he's an exile prophet, a poor soul, I felt bad for Jeremiah, you can't read Jeremiah without feeling bad for him, I mean, if you don't feel bad for Jeremiah, you got no heart, you're stone cold. And nothing against Wendy. But, uh, I mean, if you don't have, if you don't feel bad about Jeremiah, I mean, that old boy, I counted, one time did a study on that book and counted how many times he was persecuted and his life was threatened. You say, well, his life was threatened, he didn't get killed, but he didn't know it. You don't know the end of the story. You're reading the end of the story, so you know, well, he didn't get killed. But when somebody comes up that's got credibility and says, I am going to kill you, there's no reason not to believe it, especially where he was at, uh, other than it didn't happen. I mean, we know the end of the story. When you read your Bible, forget that you know the end, would you please? Forget that you know the end. It'll hurt you. you gotta, you got to take it like they're getting it. You know, you got to take the information the way they're getting it. They don't know what's going to happen down the road. They don't know what's going to Sometimes they do. Sometimes Paul was given special revelation about things and knew ahead of time. Ezekiel, this is a chapter that's been on my heart. I've preached on it before. It's been on my heart again for the last three or four weeks. Couldn't get it off my mind. And I'm, I'm preaching it again here. Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 1 through 14. The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones, and caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. And he said unto me, Prophesy unto these bones. And say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and bring up flesh upon you, and cover your skin, cover you with skin, and breathe 
put breath in you, and ye shall live. Ye shall know that I am the Lord. Boy, that's a big, important statement. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, a whole shaking, and the bones came together, bone to bone, bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came up upon them. And you, you thought special effects was just for today. Ezekiel got to see this happen. It was a special effect of special effects. And skin covered them above, and there was no breath in them. And he said unto me, Prophesy under the wind, prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, breathe upon these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as, I, as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceeding great army. Then he said unto me, Son of man, these bones, this is the interpretation application section, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Boy, Ezekiel needed to hear this. Behold, they say, our bones are dried, and our hope is lost, and we are cut off for our parts. In other words, they were in captivity in Babylon. Uh, the ten northern tribes have been ca- taken captive by Assyria and scattered who knows where, uh, the pillaged. The, and then the two no- southern tribes in 586, Babylon comes in, takes them, scatters them. They're, they're property. They are property. The temple's been razed and destroyed. Uh, there's not much hope. Except God. Therefore prophesy, verse 12, prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. And ye shall know that I am the Lord. That's Jehovah there. When I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up out of your graves, and shall have put my spirit in you, and you shall live, and shall, and I shall place you in your own land. Then shall you know that I am the Lord, that have spoken it and performed it, saith Jehovah, or the Lord. It was the lowest time in the history of Israel. Since Abraham had been told that he was to be the father of many nations, in Genesis chapter 12, since he had been given the covenant, that through him the world would hear about Jehovah God, that his seed would eventually multiply to the place that it would be more than the stars of heaven in number, innumerable as the sand of the sea. Remember, you're taking a guy that lived in tents, a humble life, an uneducated person for the most part. And you're telling him that down the way, I'm going to multiply you, and I'm going to watch over you, and I'm going to, your, your seed and those after you. In fact, the seed being the Christ coming through him. Uh, the question posed to the prophet Ezekiel and to you and to me 
Tonight is, can these dry bones live? Just across the way here over to Global Tech, who, by the way, is donating, graciously donating the lights for our gymnasium, LED lights. The CFO, that's the chief financial officer of that company, is a Jew, is a rabbi, has you know, the hat, whatever they call that thing, a little, little hat on it. And uh, he is a practicing rabbi, but he's part of the organization over there. We had a good little talk together. He's got a picture of the Ark of the Covenant on his desk. We talked about that, about building. You know, since 70 A.D., when Titus came in and stopped the sacrifices and destroyed the temple, the Jews have not been able to sacrifice now, who do you think did that? God did that. In honor of the son who was their sacrifice, who they rejected, he came into his own, his own received him not, who had been prophesied through, he was, he was the scarlet thread all the way from Genesis to Malachi, prophesied to come, and when the fullest of the time was come, Galatians 4, 4, and 5, he came into his own, his own received him not. They rejected him, crucified him. God knew they were going to do that. And they did that. He turned to the Gentiles. You know, Paul, even in his ministry, was not a ministry to the Jews. Paul was given a ministry to the Gentiles. Here, here a Pharisee of the Pharisees. <laughs> the irony of it all. That Paul would be sent to the heathen, idol-worshiping Gentiles, which the Pharisees just despised. He said, no, no, Paul, you're, that's the group you're going to go to. He, he, and Paul, of course, every time he tried to witness to his own people, they rejected it. Finally, he said, look, seeing you, you don't consider yourselves worthy of eternal life, I'm going to turn to the Gentiles, and they will receive it, the gospel. And then Paul, with the, with the inspiration, revelation that he, he received in abundance, of course, writes in Romans chapter 9, 10, and 11, that God has not given up on Israel. Because see, had we not had some of those chapters, you may believe that God had replaced Israel with the church. But the church is not called the whole house of Israel. It's not called Israel. We're not synonymously used with them. The church, the body of Christ, we're referred to quite differently in Scripture. The church, this 2,000 years, almost as we want to call it a parenthesis, call that we are the age or the dispensation of the church or the age of grace where God is dealing through faith, uh, repentance and faith in Jesus Christ, offering it as a free gift, is a very unique time of history. Well, God's not done with the children of Israel yet. Can these bones live? Can Israel come back as a nation? Has any nation ever been dissolved and amalgamated and dispersed into the nations like Israel has and ever reorganized itself as a viable nation? From 70 A.D. to 1948. No, they had not. Did it look possible? No, it did not. Look possible any way you would look at it. It didn't look possible. And then 1948, the impossible became. The bones 
The dry, very dry bones. The hope gone. God says, I'm the God of hope. It wasn't feasible. It wasn't reasonable. It wasn't historically ever done before. It wasn't scientifically possible. It wasn't logical. It wasn't uh, physically possible. Absolutely no, not a nine. These dry bones cannot live. It's too late. Israel sinned their grace away. They've gone too far. They're too lifeless. They're too separated. They're too scattered. They're too dry. What's God saying to Ezekiel, to us? By the time of this writing, the tragedy had come. They were scattered to the... It's interesting, he says, prophesied to the four winds. They were scattered to the four winds also. Disobedience of Israel over and over again. Rebellion of Israel, unbelief of Israel had characterized them for... Uh, under Jeroboam and his sin for over 210 years, another 136 years after Jeroboam and Gedaliah. Eventually, it, it got down to the place, or Hosea, excuse me, it got down to the last guy of, of, of the uh, last two tribes, and they rebelled, and, and eventually, that was Gedaliah, and, and eventually the Babylon just came in and just wiped the city out and took him away and scattered him, and there's just no, it's, it's all gone. You say, Brother Bill, what's this got to do with me tonight? Hang on. All hope is gone. Let me say this. If there ever could be hope gone, there was hope gone. That there was not to be a revival in Israel anymore. Would you say that? No more revival. There couldn't be a revival in Israel. They, they're not, they don't even own their own bodies. They're slaves. They would be mingled among the heathen. They would intermarry with the heathen. They would lose their identity. They would lose their records. They would lose their genealogical records. They lost their cities. They were occupied by foreigners they were, they, who were living off of their labor and their lands. Uh, it is over, ex- dead, expired, dry, past saving in any description. I think if there ever was an impossible situation up in Scripture and put in Scripture, it was the children of Israel. It was over. Then God, then God comes into the picture. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, you dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. I like that. Ye shall live. That's what God said in verse verse 5 of chapter 37 and verse 6. Both chapters say, ye shall live. We serve a God who can make the impossible possible. The word of the Lord, the creator of all that is, speaks it, and it will be so. John chapter 5, verse 28 and 29, Jesus' words is, Marvel not at this. Don't wonder at it. Don't wonder. But the hour is coming in which all that are in the graves shall hear his voice, not just the dry bones. But all that are in the grave shall hear his voice shall come forth. They that have done good on the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil on the resurrection of damnation. He said, Jesus, in John chapter 5, don't wonder everyone that's ever died, maybe been eaten by a shark and digested, and that shark was eaten by another shark and digested, and eaten by another shark and digested. You can't spread it out far enough, or God can't collect it. If he can make the children of Israel come back as a nation in 1948, anything can happen, brother. 
I wasn't around in 1948. Some of you remember when that happened. I didn't remember when that happened. I was born in 1951. How many here remember when Israel became a nation? Raise your old bony hands. God bless every one of you. God bless every one of you. I, was too, I wasn't born yet. But I remember our old fundamental independent Baptist preacher at Grace Bible Church, how he'd preach it, Israel now. And this was in the, I remember in the late 50s, you know, is when I start remembering that stuff. So in the late 50s, now it wasn't that long ago, about 12, 15 years ago. He'd say, oh, the children of Israel are a nation again. Christ is coming back. The dry bone valley, the dry bones, the bones have been getting life. They've been being raised up. God's raising them up, putting life and breath in them. They're a nation again. Christ is coming within our lifetime. We're not going to die. Now all that group's all gone. I think he was referring to my generation. But if it's not my generation, maybe Troy's generation. If it's not Troy's generation, maybe Trent's generation, they're not going to have to taste death. They're going to taste a rapture. God gathers them up together. To Abraham, he said, Romans 4, 17, I made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God has quickened the dead and called those things which be not as though, as though they were. I love the God we serve. He calls things that don't even exist as though they already were, and it's an undone deal. Paul said, but we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves but in God which raiseth the dead. Why do you think God puts your back against the wall with no hope and no help coming? Why? So that you go to God. He knows us pretty well as long as we can go to a friend, as long as we can go to a parent, as long as we can go to a, a trusted love, as long as we can go to somebody else for help, that's where we're going to go. But he says, I put you, I, Paul says he's put us under the sentence of death. We don't have anywhere out. We've even despaired of life. Why? So we not trust in ourselves, but in God which raiseth the dead. Ezekiel, I can imagine Ezekiel's mindset where he was. He said they sat down by the river, put their instruments up in the willows, and were stone-eyed for seven days. I didn't think God would forsake us. I didn't think he would desecrate the holy of holies. I didn't think he'd desecrate his own house. Let me tell you what, Gospel Baptist Church, you step away from the word of God, he'll tear this building down and have a mosque put here. He don't care for the brick and the mortar and all this money and all the effort and the blood and sweat and tears that's gone into this. He cares about the people that they're keeping the word of God true and doing what's right. Then he'll bless you and keep you going. Same thing with the children of Israel. Oh, they're not going to let that temple get destroyed. Oh, yes, he did. In fact, he did worse than that. After he had it destroyed, they made it a dung heap. Where the temple mound is was a dung heap for many, many, many years. Where he was worshipped, he had them throw their waste material. We serve a God who can cause dry bones to live again, brother. 
He can take the atomized dust of the bodies and form them again. The digested remains. Because God can gather a, re a nation like He did Israel and scattered all through the almost 2,000 years and put them back together as a nation. Ultimately, I don't, they don't have the breath in them yet now. No, no, no. They don't have the children of Israel don't have the breath in them yet. The bones are there, the sinews are on the bones, the meat is on the flesh, the meat is on the bones, and the skin is on them. But the Spirit of God has not yet come in them because they've not recognized their Messiah, Jesus. But the Bible says, and Paul says, Israel will look up to Him whom they've pierced, and they'll mourn for Him as one mourneth for His only Son. That's Zechariah, actually, chapter 12 and 14. And the Bible says in Romans, they'll be saved as in a day. All Israel will be saved as in a day during the tribulation period where God takes up for seven years and finishes that 70th unfinished week of Daniel where he picks up with them and he again comes to them and he chastises them and he teaches them that they have been against him. And that group of people that are left there that called the children of Israel were gonna, are going to in faith turn to Jesus as the Messiah once and for all. And that group of people, though they be a remnant, will be saved. That's when the Spirit of God is breathed into them. And they'll live. They'll live. And they're going to go into the millennium. And they're going to inhabit every square inch of land that God said that they were going to inhabit. Why? Because every, God, every word of God is sure. And I mean to every jot and every tittle, every dot of the I, every cross of the T, the heaven and earth would sooner pass away than one word of God not to fail. God to fail. Not one word is going to fail. When it's all said and done and all the dust settles on all this, all of us are going to look and say, God, you are true. Absolutely true. Accurate to the nth degree. Praise God. Hallelujah. I believe if God can bring the children of Israel back as a nation... From 70 A.D. to 1948, and still, a, how many people hate the Jews? I know about 250 million, just kind of rounding them out. Uh, Anti-Semitism has been, it's, 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 it, it's, first of all, it's just strange. Why would people hate the Jews? To the place of wanting to kill them. To the place of wanting to eradicate them. They really don't look different. They really don't. It's not explainable. Except if you understand what goes on behind the scenes with Satan. Israel was the mother who birthed the Christ child. Who crushed his center of power. Now you can understand why there's hatred for the nation of Israel who brought forth the child that crushed the head of Satan. And he's not going to be happy if he can hurt him in every way he can hurt him. He's going to do it. And right, I just lit, I just listened to uh, Netan, what do they call him, Bibi? Bibi? Netanyahu? I hope you listen to that speech. I hope you download it off of YouTube. Listen, forty-minute long speech. Man, I wish one of our politicians would 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 speak like that. I'd vote for Netanyahu, and I'm not. I can't vote for him. Made sense? Hmm. 
Can these dry bones live? Well, let me say this. If God can resurrect those dry bones and put flesh on them and make them have breath again and live, and the whole house of Israel was interpreted... When the Bible interprets itself, you don't have to wonder what it means. The whole house of Israel is what he's talking about. If he can do that, he can handle my problems. Why is this in the Bible? Well, in the Bible, number one is a prophecy, is an encouragement to the children of Israel. And look at that. All those hundreds of years they read Ezekiel chapter 37, probably wondered what in the world does this mean? And then all of a sudden, 1947, part of it comes true where they're gathered together at least, and they're being gathered together. God is literally pulling them out of the nations where they're persecuted and bringing them back to the place called Israel, that over there, the ancient land of Israel, and gathering them together. Brother, we're on the brink of something big. We know what it is. God can handle your problems. I think, take your Bibles, if you would, to Isaiah chapter 49. 49, 15, a tremendous verse. First time I really noticed this verse, it, it impacted me so, so strong. Isaiah 49, 15 says, can a woman forget her sucking child? Now, I would say, I would say as a natural man, no. Can a woman forget her sucking child? I would say No until I realized how cruel women can be. Every man said, bunch of chicken. Oh, I got to go home tonight, preacher. I know. I'm not saying you're woman. I just said womankind. Who's responsible for abortion? Men don't get abortions. Women get abortions. Now, I'm not saying women don't get coerced into abortions occasionally, but most of the abortions are chosen, that's why they call it choice, by the women. And I can read this verse and say, can a woman forget her sucking child? Yeah, she'll forget him. She'll take him down there and have him murdered. That she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Absolutely. Well, what's God say? Yea, they may forget. Yet, I will not forget thee. I like that. Glory to God. Hallelujah. When my mother and father forsake me, the Lord take me up. You don't have a better friend than Jesus Christ. You don't have anybody going to stick with you any longer than Jesus Christ. You don't have anybody who's loyal to you. Mom, dad, aunt, uncles, wife, brother, sister. You don't have anybody loyal to you like Jesus Christ. When you come to Jesus Christ, your personal Savior, you, boy, you want to make him your best friend of all friends. Jeremiah chapter 33. Take your Bibles, if you would. Turn back to Jeremiah. Verse 19 through 22. Jeremiah 33, 19 through 22, some astounding verses, literally astounding. Just a sample, by the way. The word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah, saying, Thus saith the Lord God, If ye can break my covenant of the day and my covenant of the night, that there should not be, a, be day and the night season in their season, and we can, then may also my covenant be broken with David, my servant, that he should not have a son to reign upon his throne, with the Levites and the priests and my ministers. 
as the host of heaven cannot be numbered, neither the sand or the sea measured. Now that was before the Hubble telescope. So will I multiply the seed of David my servant and the Levites and that minister unto me. You're not going to get rid of the children of Israel. It would be easier to change the day and change the night and cause them not to happen than to try to get rid of the children of Israel. Why is God doing all this? Why is He so patient with Israel? Why has He, has he labored with them so and promised them things that seemed impossible to happen and have happened? I'll tell you why. He says right here, that you may know that I am the Lord. Did you know in that phrase, it's a phrase, that you may know that I am the Lord. That appears 63 times in the book of Ezekiel. 63 times. God knows and wants you to know Him, who He is. Recognize Him in every area of your life, providing for all things. Recognize that even life itself comes as a gift from Him. And we recognize that all wealth, all success, all possessions, all talent comes from Him in the big picture. That ye may know that I am the Lord. What is that? That's simply lying. You're lining yourself up with the truth of the universe. The truth of the universe is there's no God but one. And his name is Jehovah God. And you, in recognizing that, just simply come up under the truth. All of this other stuff is fantasies and lies and imaginations of men. And people believe that out here, and, and but it has no substance to it. Ultimately, even when they reject Jesus Christ as their Savior, they're going to come before the great white throne judgment. They're going to see Jesus at the head of that, the God of the judge of the living and the dead and all the earth. And they're going to come up at the judgment seat of the great white throne, which will not be saved. They'll be cast into the lake of fire after that. But before they're cast in the lake of fire, the Bible says in Revelation chapter 20, they're going to come up under the uh, truth of the universe that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Everything that ever takes breath or ever has had consciousness ultimately, in the end of it all, is going to come up under the truth that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and there is none else. Why? Because truth wins out. Truth wins out. Truth wins out. Adam stood as a lifeless mound of dirt, shaped and sculptured by God until he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. God caused those dry bones to live of Israel and will cause them to live. And I believe God can help you tonight. You may be in a situation tonight where you have you don't know a way out, don't look like a way out. And a lot of times God creates a situation so there is no apparent way out. All I can say is get excited about it. Oh, the doctor told me I got incurable cancer. I can't. There's no... Get excited about it. God's going to do something for you. you say, I, he may take you home through it. But glory to God, seeing Him ain't all that bad. 
Through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Amen. One way or another, I know my God loves me and cares about me and wants to help me to know whom to, him, whom to know is life everlasting, abundant life. Whew. You say, Brother Bill, there's no hope in sight. We're finished. We're dried up. We can't go on. Yes, you can. Can these dry bones live? He said, Lord, thou knowest. That's a way, an idiom of saying, yes, I believe they can. Father, help us. Give us wisdom from heaven to understand the truth of who you are. Thank you for right in front of our very eyes. Not too many generations got to see the regathering of Israel. But we have been able to live in a time in history where we have literally seen the dry bones gathered in the valley, the sinews put on them, the muscle put on them, the skin put on them, and we're waiting for that breath, that breath of the blessed Holy Spirit when they'll recognize Jesus as their Christ and live again. Father, if there's one in this room tonight that does not know what it means to have Christ as their Savior, oh, they have a form of religion, maybe they have a casual belief, a careless belief, a temporary belief, but it's not the heartfelt belief. The Bible says if you'll believe with all your heart, you may. Do you believe tonight with all your heart that Jesus Christ is the one? The one prophesied all the way back to Genesis? The, the, the scarlet thread running through the Old Testament eventually being recognized. Presented to Israel. Crucified. Buried. Resurrected the third day. And now is on the right hand of the Father making intercession for those who believe. Do you believe tonight? Let me say, if you don't believe, why don't you say tonight's tonight? I'm going to believe. I'm going to put it down. Okay. Maybe you say, Brother Bill, I do believe, but I haven't made it public. Jesus said it this way, if you'll confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father which is in heaven. Will you confess tonight? Will you make it public tonight? Say, yes, I believe Jesus died for me. I believe he was buried. I believe he rose again the third day. You know, it's just a childlike faith that touches God. And he'll save you and put your name in the Lamb's book of life, come to you and teach you who he is. Oh, don't leave these premises without making that clear. Father, we pray that you'd move in tonight's service in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Everybody that lives about us says, Tear that lighthouse down. The big ships don't sail this way anymore. There's no use. In its standing ground Then my mind goes back To that stormy night When just in time I